0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Red X podcast. This is the best place for real estate professionals to learn from the best agents and coaches in the industry. I'm Robert Sullivan. I'll be your host today and I'm super excited for today's guest, Blair Ballen from Arizona. He's going to be sharing his expertise on what we should be doing in this low inventory market. I don't know if you've heard, but we're in a low inventory market right now. So Blair's going to help us out talking about his sphere. He's got a ton of uh, valuable information coming your way. Welcome to the show, Blair. We're glad to have you. And Thanks uh, for we'll, having me. Great to be here. Yeah, we are we are excited. Uh, our pre-show prep getting to talk was a, a lot of fun. Hey, if you're joining us, go ahead and let us know in the comments where you're joining us from. Say hi to us. Uh, just a few things for the audience is this is an interactive participatory event. So if you, whether you're on YouTube, Facebook, or uh, Red X website, if you've got a question uh, for Blair, uh, anything that we can do for you, put it in the chat. We'll uh, try to get to it in this show today. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast, at the, and you can do that at the redx.com slash podcast, so you know when we've got a new episode coming up. And uh, let's just get started, Blair. Why don't you, uh, before we jump into the meat, uh, tell everybody a little bit about you, what's going on in your market, and uh, just let us get to know you.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, so again, thanks for having me. Uh, Blair Ballin, <clears throat> Phoenix, Arizona. Also Scottsdale and surrounding areas. I've uh, been a realtor over 20 years, all full-time here in the Valley, as we call it. Uh, market right now, like many other markets, um, super, super hot for sellers. We're at about a half-month supply of inventory or so. Um, in my 20 years, 20-plus 20 years, never seen anything close to that, maybe two months or so. So uh, half a month is just, it's crazy. So lots of adaptation to it. Um, lots of competitiveness between everything. um and and here we are.
0: And here we are. and and, I mean, you nailed it on the head what's going on. Everybody knows right now whether you're a buyer's agent, a seller's agent, uh, listings are a premium and finding a, a house for your buyer. I, it, it's just highly competitive. Um, but we do know that there are people like you that are being successful in this low inventory market. And I think a lot of it is some tried and true methods, nothing nothing new. Um, and so that's what we want to talk to you about. You have uh, used several different uh, systems and uh, and your own technologies to stay in contact with your sphere and grow that. And that's what we want to hear more about today. So tell us a little bit about what uh, what you've learned in your twenty plus years about growing that sphere and uh, and how you've built real
1: relationships through that. Absolutely, and and I will absolutely uh, touch on that. Um, what I also wanted to. Talk about was as a buyer agent, which in in your sphere you can have buyers too. It doesn't just have to be listings. Um, is I think there's there's so many you know in in this market as you mentioned, li- listings are gold, and when you have them, it's basically like here's your paycheck. You know everything's done. A lot of stuff happens in between, but um, I I think what so many agents tend to not know about or forget when representing buyers is that. No matter what your experience level is, um, making sure that you go above and beyond to make sure the listing agent is aware of you—not harassing them, but calling them. What do we need to do to get this offer accepted? Uh, how can we shine and outshine the other offers? All that stuff to give yourself the to give your buyer the best chance. Because there's chances are there's going to be you know 20 other offers on the table. How can you stand out as both the realtor representing that buyer in addition to um, just the buyer standing out, you know, waving appraisals or whatever. So anyway, uh, as far as database stuff, I mean, I'll I'll be the first one to say for the longest time, I I had always said, like, I don't really have a database no matter how many transactions I closed because it just felt like they would remember me and then they would call me regardless if I stayed in touch with them or not so there wasn't really anything I had to do and then I quickly realized there really was and as I analyze the numbers I look back to see year over year the years that I would do better were any of the years that I put a, a much bigger effort into contacting them caring about them trying to you know be more than just the closed transaction uh, so that's over the past couple years, that's been um, pre-COVID, um, you know, maybe like a, a movie theater event where we rent out a movie theater and then invite everyone to that and have some giveaways along with it. So it's not just the movie experience, which in of itself was pretty cool. Uh, so then maybe like around Thanksgiving, do a pie giveaway. So um you know the, the particulars would be sending everyone an invitation, and then doing like a text, and then an email, and then a follow up, and then inviting everyone over to um, here in the Phoenix area, two different offices locations to make sure I'm covering uh, all of the areas, not excluding any and anyone. Uh, they'd stop by, pick up a pie, and it was it was an amazing experience. Uh, the years that I've done it from the standpoint you know, like I go to Costco, I pick up these pies there, whatever amount of money, the amount doesn't make a difference. And I have people coming in from like 30 miles away to pick up whatever the price of the pie is. <laughs> and to me, I'm like, what, you know, they're driving 30 miles to pick it up. Like, why, like, why would you do that? But It's then a Costco I, I, pie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the thing is huge. <laughs> um, you know, it's like the, the size of any of these like vision boards or pictures or whatever, but, um, it was it was so interesting to me, and it got me to realize more. Like it's it's not they're they're coming by to get the pie, but it's more that you're you're reaching out to them to care. And other past clients in this database, they'd be like, you know, every year we look forward to getting the pie. Like it's it's a big deal, and it's it's so cool to be part of that. Um, so other stuff, you know, um, maybe like picnics in the park or picnic in the parks, whatever. Um, I, I try to do a quarterly newsletter. Um, I don't believe in the templated stuff because I think it just goes to spam. No one really cares as much. Uh, they're out there. If they work for you, that's great. I'm I'm not a huge fan of it. So I just create one in MailChimp, send it out, put in some personal stuff, and I, I get better reception to that. Um, and, and just, you know, reaching out occasionally, whether it's on social media, by text, phone, email, and, and through the years again any of the years that i do more of that i have found there to be more business to come from it and more importantly just better deeper relationships which to me uh yes we we want and maybe sometimes need the business but the deeper i can have the relationship with to become more of a friend uh that that's that to me really is all what it's is what it's all about. And if they refer someone, cool. If they have a listing, if they want to buy a second property, cool, whatever. But uh, if I can just be there to help, that's awesome.
0: I Yeah. I think you really hit it there. You you know, uh, building relationships and being authentic. That's what people are looking for. So I love that you talk about your emails, that they're personal, that, uh, and I mean, yours are probably perfect, but, uh, but they don't have to be perfect when you're being authentic. Right. And I, I think that's, that's really good advice and just reaching out. And we have talked about it before and you started into it there, but uh, you know, you've got to grow your database. You've got to be meeting new people. And, and I think a lot of people kind of get hung up a little bit on as you're growing that, as you're uh, talking to people, doing asks, the difference between it's kind of transactional and relational, uh, uh, how you're working that sphere and, and how you're reaching out to people and the kinds of things you're reaching out to them for. So I, I know people have tuned in because we've talked about that before. T- so t- teach us more, Blair. Uh, your, your experience <laughs> is already showing, we're already learning. So tell us more about that.
1: Definitely. And, and that's something, you know, the whole like division between transactional and relational really, really bugs me because uh, I think there's 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 a part of our industry as as there is with with everything. um and and people get super opinionated. and obviously, I'm very opinionated on this, is you know you're either a transactional or you're a relational realtor. and and I just I call bullshit on that. i I think you know there's there's the people that what whatever coaching program they're gonna subscribe to or whatever that are like, you know, buy referral only, you know, you, you take your, you call your client up and then you bring them out for a coffee or whatever. And, you know, you're, you're paying for that coffee, unless you make your, your client pay, which would, I think be pretty silly, but um, you're, you're paying for that. So you're, you're still paying for that lead from either them or whoever they're going to give to you. So if we're going to call the transactional realtor, the one that, you know, buys internet leads or, um, Let's, get, let's say calls, expires, and FSBOs, and they're just calling them to get the transaction and the thought that it's just over with. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that happens. There's there's clients with all of us that we all uh, don't necessarily like that transaction as much as another one, but um, this, this division of, you know, like you're either a transactional or relational realtor, I, I don't believe in it. Um, a, as I said, Any of the years that I focus more on my database does not mean I'm stopping the other efforts. I'm still on the phones, or at least my goal is two hours a day calling new leads, ones that we classify as the unmets. So call it a transactional, whatever, those turn into, they get added to my database. So then I can invite them to the the pie giveaway, the movie night, all this stuff. And we develop the relationship. So, I mean, unless I'm the only realtor in the entire world that actually does both, maybe I'm the exception. And I know I'm the exception to many things anyway, and I'm, uh, you know, goofy and nerd and all this stuff, but like, I don't, I don't know how that division gets so separate. Like I do both and I'm proud of it. I call online leads. I'm proud of it. And I, I, I get many clients and relationships from that lead source and then they turn into the other category. So, uh, you know, like I was in a, in a thread in a group on Facebook and there was this person who chimed in and he's like, you know, I'm, I've been a coach for 20 years or 18 years, whatever. And like, you, you can't be both and whatever. And I was just like, it's, it's, it's crap. Like it's not, it's not how it is maybe to him, but not to everyone else. Uh, And maybe this is just to me too. But um, yeah, so I I think there's, there's a massive opportunity to, to do both uh, to get more and it doesn't mean it has to stop. Uh, You know, I, I, like I said, I call online leads. I'm proud of it. I'll do it every day and I, and I enjoy it. And for me, it's a way to meet new people. And, uh, I, I, like that aspect and they turn into that relationship and I enjoy it.
0: Yeah. And that, so tell us a little bit, cause I think people are like, yeah, that's what I want to do. I, th- I think actually that's what people want to be doing. Right. Uh, because they know they need to meet new people, but they, everyone actually, I, th- I shouldn't say everyone, but I think people like to build those relationships, right? That may, that makes it enjoyable. So maybe help us understand a little bit more, uh, how you spend your time. So like, do you have certain times or days of the week that you're just calling and then that you spend on on building relationships and nurturing? And then, and after that, or as part of that, maybe when does someone go from an unmet and a contact to someone that gets to pick up a pie in your office? Like how does, how does it grow into that?
1: Sure. And, And I'll just add to that a little bit, if I can, is I think there's you know with all of the everything out there the hedge funds the i buyers you know in there the open doors offer pad zillow whatever they're attacking our industry and our our databases they're being hit with all of these messages more than we are uh, uh more than we are hitting our databases with so there's going to be times where they steal our clients so you know I think it's important to know that we we have to stay in front of and top of mind with our clients and database. Uh, But um, like just just to also add into that. So what does that look like? So I try to be on the phones two hours a day. That's my goal. And in there, however I divide it, if it's two hours of new uncalled leads, leads that have never picked up the phone, uh, follow up, uh, expired, fizzbodes, canceled, circle prospecting whatever it is. And then as I um speak to them, meet with them, and then that they they get added to my other database. So they're they're in the Red X platform initially and then they go somewhere else once I've um spoken with them and met them. And then from there, they get added to everything. They're they're someone that I want to work with that And they want to work with me and they don't have to be like a closed client. It's not like they're, you know, super, super, they're special people, but it's not that they're not the super special ones yet that have only closed a deal with me. Like they're ones that are going to trust me. That's, that's just as important. So, uh, the, the, once, once we are in, in talks with each other, they're in that database and they get, Everything the newsletters, the calls, the emails, the invites, all that stuff.
0: So you so you move them pretty quickly. I mean as soon as really as they become a contact that is responding to you, you you move them and include them in in all of your nurture campaigns and the things that you're doing to build relationships.
1: I, I try to. I mean, definitely once we meet uh, for sure uh, and and showing homes or you know a, a possible chance of listing their home. Um, but yes, there are definitely ones where once it at, once it's at a contact stage, they're in that group too.
0: So, and this will relate a little bit then to a question that came in from our audience. They, uh, they said, how do you handle people in your sphere that open your emails, but don't really engage with you directly, uh, via call or text? So, so, so maybe you see that they're on your open rates, that they're clicking through your emails, Yeah. Uh, But they, but they're not picking up the phone or doing other things with you. How, How do you treat that? Do you do anything different? But yeah. How do you handle that?
1: So, uh, so if they're in my sphere and not, not engaging, um, I, I just keep at it. Um, but the same way I would with a, with an unmet, um, you know, that there, there might be a time where they're busy that day. They can't pick up a pie. It's Thanksgiving. They have other plans. um, and, and maybe they they don't like what I'm sending them at that present time. I mean, until they tell me, stop sending it, you know, we appreciate it. We enjoyed working with you. We don't need any of your stuff ever again. Um, they're They're gonna remain in it because uh, I, I've seen it happen before where a couple things where I was inviting people to events and going through all these efforts and spending a lot of time on it, the money, you know, there was some money involved, but it was more time, like spending a lot of time creating these, I thought really cool invitations and all this stuff. And then like the turnout was really low. And I'm like, well, if, if no one's going to respond or, you know, turnout's going to be low, why should I do it? But then I realized it's just the fact and thought of inviting that person. It's, it's not of all, not all of our schedules are going to match up just like to those people that were 30 plus miles away driving in for the pie um she chose to make it that night uh, uh and other people other people couldn't um so i i just i keep at it they're they're still i don't want to call them a lead they're a client but they're still in that group i'm going to keep doing everything i can because um it just might not work out for them that time
0: i i love that a lot and it's i think that's a lot of mindset as well you kind of I, you know, you could have gone down this road and taken it real personal if someone doesn't show up or respond the way that you expect or wanted them to, Uh, but, but you say you do your part and then you keep, you keep them all in there and you realize that they have other commitments, that this isn't the most important thing for them, perhaps that day, but the keeping them in that nurture is, is going to eventually, I mean, it's a relationship building and uh, maybe it ends up in being top of mind when it comes time. And uh, that's what you're hoping as you do that. I like that a lot.
1: Yeah, uh, so, you, you, yeah, go ahead. You, you touched on it there uh, with the mindset. It's it's all mindset. When I was doing it a couple times initially, I made it more about me, and then now it's it's all about the person that I'm reaching out to by text, email, newsletter, event, whatever. If they can't make it, don't want to, that's cool. That's that's their choice. I'm still doing my part.
0: Yeah. So you're holding a picnic because you generally want to. Hold a picnic, get to know people, not because you're expecting to close a deal that day or or get a listing that day. It it is that that you're you're genuinely reaching out to continue that nurture.
1: One hundred percent. I'll be the first one to say, you know, like all these coaches and trainers out there, like you know, you hold the event and then you follow up with the ones that were there to say how how'd you like it? You know, do you have a good time? And then you follow up with the ones that didn't to say, you know, why couldn't you make it? I'm I'm horrible at that side of follow up. (laughs) So I'm really, I'm really not doing it for referrals. I'm really doing it for the relationship. So it's, it's not about the transaction. Like I, I'm happy and grateful to close deals, but it's all about the relationship. If I get a referral, cool. If I don't, I hope they enjoy the pie. I, I hope they take five of them. Like it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't it? It matters, but it doesn't matter what comes of it, other than them knowing that I'm there.
0: That's great. That's great. Um, We talked a little bit about this uh, pre-show and I see it's come in uh, across our questions from our audience, but, and I've seen it a ton, Blair, every group I go to, just in the circles that I'm in, and I think a lot of it has to do with the low inventory. The question comes up, I have $500 or I have a thousand dollars or I have $400 for a lead gen budget. Uh, Where should I be spending that? And I see every possible answer to that question uh and and so you know what you're doing you're experienced how do you answer that question for our uh especially a newer agent that knows they should be uh putting money away for their marketing or their lead gen uh what how, how would you answer that question
1: awesome so this is probably going to upset some people uh <laughs> but i would say i wouldn't invest it really at all because i don't think $500 will do much now, if it's five hundred dollars monthly, maybe that's totally different. But five hundred dollars in of itself, you you could do Facebook leads and and get those. You could you know invite a bunch of your friends for coffee or dinner or whatever. Um, I, I I don't know that it will get very far. So um, I mean, the answer is probably just keep it and uh, <laughs> you know uh, just have it in in case of an emergency or whatever, and and spend more of your equity into uh uh activities like prospecting so you know calling leads so then the question is well if i don't have leads who do i call and then you know then the the money question comes in figure like figure it out um ask ask people in their in your office or brokerage are there leads that you can call from them if you have to create a list then yes spend it on some type of lead source whether it's your guys's, uh, products or Facebook leads or Zillow or whatever. Um, but I would almost always, uh, lead with the, uh, activity to generate income rather than spending money to potentially get something. So hold open houses. I mean, I, I'm personally, I'm not an open house holder. Uh, I know they work for agents. I, I'm not a fan of them, just like for some people, they don't like prospecting, but, um, Find something, door knocking, uh, open houses, uh, go go to a coffee shop and just talk to people. There's plenty of stuff that they can do at no cost that will then maybe help that budget grow to an amount uh, that I think would be more sufficient. And then the question is, what is that amount? I don't know, because it depends on the source where you spend it. But if you want to spend it on Facebook leads, then go ahead and spend it. I mean, I buy Facebook leads and I, I love them. Uh, but they're also usually lower quality overall. So it takes more. Um, so then you're just buying a bunch of leads, to spend a bunch of time on. Uh, not everyone's prepared for that. So I, I mean, my advice would be keep it in your pocket and find a way to not have to spend money. I think there's this misconception again, like you have you you usually do have to spend money to make money, but initially that's not the case. Like you can find FISBOs with you guys. You can find them in other places for free, low cost, um, and all that kind of stuff to build that up over time to have more of an income, not more of an income, more of a savings or expense budget.
0: Yeah. So so let me see if I understand that right. So your advice is have a business plan. And if you have a plan, then you stick to it, right? So if your plan is prospecting, uh, well, $500 doesn't change that. You should keep prospecting. Uh, totally. or if, yeah. if your if your business plan includes open houses or whatever it includes, double down on the activities that will uh, l- get you more listings and get you more income to until you have more than five hundred dollars to invest in it. Does that that absolutely seem-
1: Yeah, yeah. and and with open houses, I mean if if you and if they're part of your plan and you enjoy doing them, then do more of them. And then if you, if you like have to spend the money, then get more signs. So more signs are out and more advertising of the open house to get more traffic through the open house. So then you can convert more of that. So, I mean, it's, it's absolutely, you know, plan mindset and just sticking to it. Uh, There's, I mean, that's, that's the, the rules of the game. Like we just have to keep doing it. It's not like me picking up the phone to call expired today. Well, necessarily always have the outcome I want. It's doing it day after day after day for 10 plus years that yields the results that I need and want to see.
0: That's good. And I, I think a lot of people get lost on that, right? They want, and and I, I don't know if it's, you know, a new thing at all. I think people have always wanted the the quick win, right? And they're like, hey, if I just throw this at Facebook, will I get more clients right away? And that's just not the case, right? It, it, it is, those principles over time that ultimately get that. That's great. Good advice from someone that knows what they're talking about, right? 20 plus years. Um, that That's good. So uh, we've got a couple other questions people asking. So you're nurturing. Do you ever, when you're with your sphere, do you ever have an ask? Do you have any scripts or texts or emails that you send out for an ask from them? Or are you 100% nurturing in these activities and other communications you've talked about? I, what? How does, uh, yeah, tell us about that.
1: Sure, I I really try to stay away from. Who do you know that's looking to buy or sell? I I just think they already they probably already know that I'm thinking that or would have been thinking it. So I I I don't like to treat someone the way that. Um, I don't want to be treated if I get confused with double negatives. So I think, I think, you know what I mean? So, you know, like if I walk into a store, I don't want to be hounded by the dude or person, female, whatever saying, like, you know, is what are you car salesperson, whatever we want to call them? What are you looking for? What can we do so you can walk away with this car today or whatever? Like I'm just going to reach out because I want them to know that I'm there for them. Um, The ask that I might have is, you know, you completed a review of me on zillow can you do it on google or can you follow me here or can you do this here it's it's not the the referral based script so it's hey robert it's blair it's been 10 years since we've spoken just wanted to see how you're doing uh, and how everyone is doing how things are going and just having a conversation um i'm not I'm not really a script person, so it's just having a conversation and you know, if you stumble, it's more authentic. and And here we go back to being more authentic. it's It's what they want to hear, what need to hear. It's how i I want to come across because I'm not a fake person. I want to be authentic. I am authentic. Uh, so yeah,
0: that's great. That's great. Uh, we have another question that came from our audience from Amanda. And uh, this goes back a couple questions ago when we we're talking about our business plan and she's, she asked how long do you follow your business plan before deciding to change it to get better results? I think that's a good question because what if you realize you're not getting the results you want from what you, what you thought?
1: Definitely. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I think one, another problem in our industry is not sticking to our plan long enough to give it the time to figure out if it can work. So, um, I, I don't know that there's necessarily a specific time frame, but what I will say is, uh, and I'm not saying I'm I'm perfect at this, but I, I do do my best to review my business pan, plan uh, at a minimum quarterly to make sure um, I'm on track with it, what needs to be changed, either extending some goals, removing certain activities, whatever that is, so I can make sure that I then am on track for the rest of the year. So, um, I mean, there's definitely times where I review my plan, you know, weekly and monthly and all that kind of stuff, but at, a, at an absolute minimum quarterly. So you can review what you've done that first quarter, knowing that if you then change it, and now we're implementing new strategies, lead gen, whatever, it's probably gonna be 90 days before you see a result at a minimum and in this market, maybe a little bit longer. So give it another quarter before you just decide to toss it. Because all those efforts, I can almost guarantee, will always pay off. But you need to give it the time.
0: So, so at least ninety days before you even review it again. And That's, but 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 probably longer. Uh, but but even even I think something that you said uh, that wasn't part of the question, but is important. You review it every ninety days, even when it's going well.
1: Oh, totally because then maybe my goals are too low, you know, the income I desire to have, units, whatever. or you know, maybe there's a case like this year where my average price point might end up being double than what I thought it was going to be. So now I have to change my plan to reflect that because my unit count will be down. So that's that was revised whatever a month or two ago uh, to reflect what what happened in Q1 what will happen in Q2, and then now as we get uh, deeper into Q2, um, continuing to look at it, revise it, edit it, so the rest of the year is reflective of that.
0: That's great advice. It's, I, we actually do that as a company even, a quarterly review of everything that we're working on, because I, I think that is a good amount of time. And especially if prospecting uh, is part of your of, of what you're doing every day, that is a needs to be a consistent activity uh, and and if you uh, if if you don't give that enough time you won't see the fruits of it but but 100% if you give it the time uh, it do, it does result those those attitudes that the daily uh, uh, activities that you have will result in in what you're looking for so All good that's that's great advice uh, sorry to jump back. I'm like doing every other. It's like we get a question about something we talked to few times ago. So the question okay. came up and, and you kind of addressed this already just in how you're reaching out to, to people and, and 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 honestly that your asks aren't really hard asks. And so maybe that's the answer to this. But it's how do you talk to your sphere without sounding salesy? And it's even in quotes, salesy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's something that I, I've always struggled with because I don't want to come across as salesy but the reality is we are in sales. So no matter what we do or say, I think it's gonna sound salesy or could come across as salesy. So, um, and maybe that's the the wrong mindset to have. So it's it's just trying to be authentic as possible. So, you know, again, so uh, let's say you transacted with me three years ago. Uh, It could very well be that maybe I forgot to change that status or add you to the spot to make sure you're getting everything else. And I reach out and I'd be like, hey, Robert, it's Blair. it's been a while since we spoke. I'm I'm sorry I lost touch. I re- I really feel bad about it. I'm just checking in to see how you're doing um, and how the family is and all that stuff. And then just just seeing where the conversation goes from there.
0: I, and it comes back to this theme. I think that you have in, in your business and where you're successful. And it's, I think that's authenticity. Like the the conversation you just had, the fake conversation you just had, I can see you doing that because that's like, <laughs> that's like, Hey, I, I'm going to be honest. I, my bad. I didn't reach out, but, uh, but I did want to talk to you. So let's get caught back up. That's, it's this authenticity I think people are looking for. And, uh, yeah. and you can ask even if you're being authentic, uh, then you, you still can ask. And uh, something yeah. that you, that you said earlier too, was, uh, people know you're a realtor. <laughs> and so, they, and you said, I think they know that why, that what, what we're going after here. Right. And yeah. uh, so I think that's good.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and there's, there's people in my database that it has been a while since I've called them. Um, you know, they might get texts and emails, but an actual phone call, there might be people that it has been a while. Uh, so I'm, I'm not going to, you know, lie about it and, and i'm going to confront it and and say exactly what i just said and and feel bad about it because i i will i'm not perfect there's going to be people that i don't forget about but i just i i forgot to do the activity to call them they're still on my mind or whatever uh but yeah
0: and so after 20 years you're you you've got this great database you have a lot of past clients Um, You touched on this at the beginning as well, or you you said this is what you do, but maybe help some newer agents out. How, what tools and resources are you using to uh, grow your sphere and then organize it as well?
1: Okay. So um, to grow it is basically however I um, meet someone uh, by phone or in person or whatever, I then... um, so, so I, I have them at that stage and in, in that part and then they they eventually go to my main crM, which is basically follow-up boss. So they're in there with a certain category. I call it closed so I know they've been closed if they're pending they're they're in the pending category and they still get the stuff like I talked about um and then I just I then include that group in everything so, texts, emails, calls, invitations. I might use a online uh, event system, um, Eventbrite or whatever it's called. I just forgot the name. So if I'm holding an event, here's, here's the event, you know, I'm doing the pie giveaway. I'll, I'll mail cards, inviting them. Follow-up boss has a cool integration with a system like send out cards that's not send out cards. So I can send a card through there saying, um, you know, I'm inviting you to this event or happy birthday, if it's a birthday on, on another note, um, and emailing them, calling them. I've done voice drops before. I don't think I've ever done a voice drop for a past client because I, I just think that, that then might go back to the transactional issue because I think they're, they're more than just a, a mass number. Um, so I try to make it more personalized. Um, they're getting the newsletters by MailChimp, um, in, and, and any, in and any way that I can try to reach out to them. Maybe it's through a Facebook message. If they're connected with me on Facebook to say, Hey, I sent you this note. Um, did you get it? What, whatever it is. Uh, and, and I'll, I'll do everything until again, they tell me yes or no. And, uh, if it's bothering them that, I, I'm I'm sorry, but I'm still trying to help. So that's it.
0: That's good. And and in all of that media mix, Amanda asked, "Do you incorporate video into any of your follow up?"
1: Uh, I do. So this past year, and it was it was a nightmare to do it, <laughs> uh, but I I actually did um, individual bomb bomb videos to all of my database. So past clients pendings and um the the people that are are in my pipeline basically uh uh so so right it right before the beginning of the new year um wishing them a happy holiday and a happy new year and all that stuff and uh it uh the activity was a nightmare because recording each of those and then transporting it to a platform to be able to send them was was just a drag but um the, the feedback was great, and I didn't want to send the message ju- that just said, you know, hey, it's Blair wishing you happy holidays. Um, that went to everyone, like with a YouTube link. I, I didn't like a voice drop. I didn't think that would be me. It wouldn't be authentic. So, yeah, spent spent, um, I don't know, it took like two weeks to do it, not because the database is that big, just because after doing like 10 or 15 of those, it was exhausting. So I had to do it day after day after day.
0: And did you see an increase in engagement?
1: Uh I would probably say no.
0: So, so back to one one YouTube video next year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> back to buying everyone a coffee, Robert. Yeah, there you go.
0: There you go, getting everyone a coffee. Good. So, uh, when you're when you're working with your sphere, these are people that you have some contact with and usually know them at least. A little bit right so what objections do you actually run into when working with your sphere do you you have many much pushback or what 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 kinds of objections do you hear when working with your sphere
1: so I I, I'm kind of one of those agents that put like sphere and database into one and the sphere to me you know if that's the um, family member hairdresser whatever like they just go into my database and and really i i if i get an objection i'm oblivious to it because i don't i don't take it that way so i i i honestly cannot give you any um because i i i can't recall one and it's it very well could be that i'm just blocking it out um but it's it's more that i just feel like i don't get them not not because i have such like massively incredibly deep relationships it's just that I, I don't feel I get them it's either ignoring me or yes I'll be there
0: and and I think again goes back to what you've been uh just uh, harping on for all of us is if you're authentic then they it's kind of hard to be like they just have to be like but I don't like you right like <laughs> stay away from me I like, like yeah <laughs> So there are objections that no, I, no. that's good. Yeah. No, if you're being authentic, I think, I think that's true. Right. If, if you're reaching out and looking for those relationships and building relationships that, uh, that, that you wouldn't see uh, as many of those.
1: Well and, well, and, 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 and since you said that, and I jokingly said something and you did too, I'll, I'll add to that, which is if, if I've uh, transacted with someone and I don't feel like they valued me at the end, they, 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 I'm not going to say trusted me, but they worked with me to get to the final end point, buying a home, selling a home, whatever. Uh, if I don't feel like there was a good enough relationship there and they felt like I burnt them or something went south, whether my fault or not, um, they're not going to be in the database because I I have the feeling that they probably... Don't want to work with me again and i don't i might not want to work with them again so they're not in there so my database is going to be smaller because it's those that have um trusted me to help them with their real estate goals that i enjoy working with them and i feel they enjoyed working with me
0: i and i've i've heard that advice before and a similar advice that uh, there are a lot of people uh, that you can be nurturing and building relationships with. And, and yeah, if there are people that, uh, that are going to take more <laughs> of, of, uh, of your, uh, time and effort and not just time and effort, but just even your emotional, uh, well-being away from you, then there are other people you can be, uh, there are people that you can be adding
1: that to that, well, that are easier to work with. Right. So you can get to that point. Totally. That's much good. rather go, much rather go deeper than wider on the relationships. That's good,
0: that's good. Well, Blair, we are uh, we're coming up to to our time here, and so I I want to just leave a little bit uh, open for you to give any advice because because you I mean you've been doing this a long time, you've seen the ups and downs of the industry, um, you've been a longtime Red X customer, and uh, and you and you're successful at what you do. So just maybe leave us with any final thoughts or advice you have, especially for those new agents getting in, in this, uh, in this completely unprecedented low inventory market.
1: Absolutely. So I, I would say just, uh, my mindset is everything, uh, to me, you know, whether, whether you're an experienced agent, newer agent, whatever, having that right mindset to just know that, you know, real estate is cyclical on all, on all levels. This eventually will change. Um, I I don't know when, uh, but, you know, going, we're not going to in Phoenix stay at half a month supply forever. It's, it's impossible. So um, have the right people around you on, on all levels, whether it's broker, you know, Facebook groups, social media, have the right people around you to keep your spirits up. So if you're showing 85 homes and writing uh, 84 offers and not getting any accepted, there's probably going to be a feeling of deflation. So what what can you do to bring those spirits up as much as possible to know that, okay, that all sucks, but I, I have to keep doing this because I can look back at uh, all of my 20 plus years or whatever and and know that the, the times that I've been most successful, I'm just sticking to the activities that I know will yield me results by having that business plan. So making sure I have it, uh, sticking with it, analyzing it. And the sticking with it doesn't mean sticking to the same plan that you initially wrote on, you know, December 31st at 1159 p.m. It just means sticking with the plan. And I think so many people get so hung up on, like, what do I need in my plan? And they asked me that question, and I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you like to do. So if you like open houses, do open houses. If if you don't like anything, that that might be a problem. But Um, You know, like I I took to prospecting and um, we've been together, Red X and I, for quite a while, whether it's 12, 13, 14 years, I don't know, uh, or more. Um, But I've I've loved prospecting and uh, I try to do it every day or at least be on the phones, maybe not prospecting, but be on the phones calling. So stick with it. um, Have the right people around you. um, And by right people. Uh, try to have the people that know what they're talking about with the right mindset so they're not feeding you a bunch of garbage to then bring you more down when they really don't know what they're talking about. Uh, and it's, it's hard to find those people, probably harder on social media, um, to find those right relationships. But just sticking with it. Like, um, there's, there's experienced agents out there writing multiple offers that don't get accepted. We just have to stick with it. Uh, it's a grind. It's been more of a grind. But as time goes on, it's probably going to be even more of a grind with more iBuyers, more competitiveness, all this stuff. Um, everything continues to change. Like That's the only constant, that there is change. And you guys are continuing to change. You continue to bring the value with your products, which are amazingly awesome. So if someone has that opportunity to look into Red X to get your stuff, uh, by all means, you know I absolutely suggest that. Follow you guys read the material. I read it. I I love seeing the different stuff that you guys email out and have on podcasts. Like I'm learning from it. um, And it's awesome.
0: That's great. Thanks. Thanks for that, Blair. And, and, uh, and really good advice. Uh, It's about mindset, uh, business plans, sticking to it, and, and authenticity. I'm gonna add that in there cause that's been a theme and uh, and Blair, absolutely. What a good time having you on our podcast today. You are an authentic guy. That's why you've been successful for a long time. Uh, we've got a lot of good stuff uh, for myself and uh, thanks for sharing all this valuable information with our whole audience today. Uh, hey, look, if you wanna know more about Blair, he has his own website, blairballin.com so you can know more about, about our great guest today. Um, if you are watching or listening, you want to continue this conversation. We had a lot of conversation going, some good questions, uh, but you can check us out at, on Facebook at Red X Elite Prospectors Group. Uh, you can also go into our forum, our customer forum at forum.theredx.com. And if you're new to the podcast, if this is the first time you're joining us and want to get caught up, you can find us on YouTube. You can find us at redx.com podcast and get uh, caught up. And you can also find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, SoundCloud. We're everywhere. Listen to us. Get caught up. Thanks so much for being here, Blair. Thanks so much to our whole audience for listening in today. And uh, wherever you are, just search for the Red X podcast and subscribe so you can be notified every time I release a new episode. Thanks again, Blair. Have a great day.
1: Thank everybody. you. You too.